friendships refresh the soul and awaken our hearts. But you know, sometimes friendships can be sour, even bitter. So how do you mend a fractured friendship? Today, I'm going to walk you through six steps, things that you can do when you've gone through that pain and heartache from a fractured friendship. You know, even as I just start talking about this topic right now, I may be causing a sore spot on your heart to hurt already. That's not my intention. My intention is that you heal and you move past it. For healing and for growth to occur, sometimes we really need to visit the deep, dark, and difficult places. We get to sit down and visit with the uncomfortable experiences. We confront the pain of betrayal, rejection, and even unforgiveness. We sit with these experiences and we wrestle with them so that we can get clarity, learn the lessons learn about ourselves, understand others, learn to set boundaries, learn to forgive, and even to release ourselves and others as well. So first off, I want to welcome you to my podcast. I am so proud of you for prioritizing your growth and for making that conscious choice to equip yourself. The Brave with Eve podcast is a faith-inspired podcast. My Hope is that you'll be equipped and empowered and that every woman will discover her fullest potential in Christ. I'm your host, Eve. You know, in the last episode, I examined what sweet, fulfilling friendships look like. Just for a quick recap, I talked about three different things. Number one, there has to be genuine love expressed with pure motives, so genuine love. Number two, we talked about trust that is built through a friend showing you consistent loving actions over time. The last component we talked about was intimacy. Intimacy in the friendship that is built through transparency and vulnerability. But we all have to agree, while this is a great picture, It's not the real deal. It's not perfect. Life is not perfect. And so last week I hinted that because of our sinful nature, because of our broken and imperfect nature, it gets in the way of this ideal. And therefore, even the best friendships will experience some sour or maybe even bitter moments. I recently followed a thread on Reddit, and this was some heartbreaking stories that were shared on there, stories of friendships that were um, ruptured, friendships that got fractured. Uh, One person said, my best friend in the entire world was my nurse during my miscarriage. So she was going through an ectopic pregnancy. And she goes on to say, and she is a Christian. So after getting emergency surgery for My uh, whole situation, my friend went around telling everybody in town that I had an abortion. Another ruptured friendship. This one says, my best friend and I worked together on an important presentation to the board of executives. I worked hard for it, 
and my friend did nothing. In fact, she was going out to party while I worked for hours on this. The day before, my friend begged for my forgiveness and said she had been so stressed out. So I showed her the presentation. The day of the presentation arrived. And my best friend texted me to tell me that if the meeting was pushed back for, to 4 o'clock instead of 2. And so I showed up at 4 o'clock only to find out that she had presented it at 2 o'clock and got all the credit for my work. Another one goes on to say, All my friends dumped me after my little brother died by suicide. Apparently, I was too much to deal with, and I guess it was just easier to dump me than to realize that life wasn't all about rainbows. Another friend says this, I had brain surgery two years ago to remove a tumor after surgery. I didn't get one call, not even a card, or even one check-in from people that I'd known for over 20 years. And the last story I'll read, this woman says, My ex-best friend never wanted me to date anyone because she thought I was her competition. Anytime I started talking with someone who kind of liked me, she would start telling me they were a jerk, and then later we'll start dating them. Sometimes it's little things. Sometimes it's big things. Recently, I came across the story of Skylar Nese, who was a teenager that was murdered by two of her high school best friends. So as I'm reading all of these stories, maybe it's resonating with you. Maybe you've had similar experiences. The truth is, your birth girlfriend, they may blunder. They may, they may have been flippant and said something that you told them in confidence, something that was said privately in confidence to a trusted friend now became public. Think about the betrayal of sacred wedding vows. A woman who marries her best friend and he promises her forever and suddenly, even without warning, asks for a divorce. Maybe you can think about a trusted friend that stole from your enterprise or business. I can continue with endless stories of broken friendships. So it's very naive sometimes when I have conversations about things like this with women to hear people say it will never happen to me. It can happen to just about anyone. In fact, we're cautioned in the Bible the book of Micah, chapter 7, verse 5 to 6, this is what it says, I quote, Do not trust in a friend. Do not put your confidence in a companion. Guard the doors of your mouth from her who lies in your bosom. For son dishonors father. Daughter rises against her mother. Daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies are the men of his own household. Therefore, I will look to the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. So as we talk about fractured friendships, there are six things that I want you to know. Number one, acknowledge the pain. You know, because sometimes when things happen to you, you just 
you don't believe it. It's all, it always leaves us in disbelief. It's like we know that human beings are broken. We know the sinful nature and the sinful heart of man. But yet when things happen, we always go, I can't believe it. But we have to move from that place of disbelief to actually acknowledging the pain. Be open and talk about the pain. Communicate with your friend how their actions hurt you. Even if they don't acknowledge it, don't hold it in. Remember, for you to feel pain, for you to feel that pain of betrayal, it means that you had to have built trust with that friend. David in the Bible is one of those special characters who went through betrayal, not just from his own son, Absalom, but also his own counselor and friend, Ahitophel. And he laments in Psalm 55. If you have cha- uh, have the minute, you can go and read the whole Psalm 55. It's his lamentation. In Psalm 41, verse 9, he says this too. He says, Even my own familiar friend in whom I trusted, who ate my bread, has lifted up his heel against me. So it's important to acknowledge the pain. And it's unfortunate that often... It comes from people that you do really care about. And you have to start from that place of saying, this is how you hurt me. This is how your actions made me feel. Whether or not they acknowledge it, but you have to let it go. So we we don't want to be in a position where you don't talk about it. You don't acknowledge the pain. And then the pain starts dictating your actions. You know, you're responsible for how you act, even when you're hurting You know, that's just maturity. And so let's start with number one, which is acknowledging the pain. Number two is we change our expectations. You know, this comes in with the understanding that friendship with another human being was never designed to satisfy your soul completely. Don't put such a big requirement on another person and then be surprised when the fail It brings us back into this place of acknowledging that even the most fulfilling friendships still fall short. Even the most fulfilling friendships are corrupted because we're broken. We're sinful people. That's just our nature. I've never met somebody that was perfect. We all have our little faults and frailties. So there is sin in our hearts, and and therefore it's so easy for us to develop the wrong motives, to say the wrong things, to act out of selfishness, jealousy, envy, even comparison, telling lies, all of those things can come out of our hearts. In contrast, the only pure trusted friendship we can have is with the one who doesn't share our sinful nature, and that is our holy God. So please don't put the burden on another person to be or to play God for you. And this happens a lot where we, instead of going, instead of building our relationship with God, sometimes when we're going through stuff, we pour it out to that friend, your best friend, or whatever the case might be. And without knowing, we start idolizing friendships where they become like the rock upon which we stand, and when that friendship comes to an end or 
when those people don't show up, what happens? You basically fall flat on your face because you've been standing on that person. So our foundation is God. It is Christ alone. And when we stand on that foundation, even if other stones move, people come in and out of our lives, we don't feel so shaken. We move on to number three. He says, we learn and we grow from that experience. When a friendship is fractured, it gives us the opportunity to learn from it and to grow from it. If we don't learn and grow, then that experience is for nothing. So one of the things you have to learn is you have to learn who the real enemy is. And then you have to grow in wisdom on how to approach it. What do I mean by that? We have to have that realization that God can and will use, whether it is our fulfilling friendships or it is the fractured ones, he can use both to bring about his purposes in our lives. In fact, your relationship with God will be tested, not by people that you don't know, by the very people in your circle. They will be the ones to give you opportunities to challenge you. Opportunities where you have to pause and really breathe and be like, Jesus, you got to help me because I can't deal with these people. And those moments, that's when God comes in to give us the strength and he works out his strength through us. The real enemy is not your friend. You have to understand that the real enemy is the same enemy that we've been battling since the beginning of time, Satan himself. Just as God will use friendships to bring out his purposes in your life, the enemy will use the same friendships to try to wreck and sabotage God's plan for your life. This is a big thing, y'all. But as you mature, as you grow in your faith, you learn how to discern what people are about, and you can look beyond the actions of individuals to see what God is doing in and through them. That's when you start praying for your friends. That's when you start praying for the people that are around your circle. Because you understand that if the enemy wants to fight you, he's going to use them. If the enemy wants to battle with you, he's going to use them. So you stay praying. Remember when Jesus told Peter, he said, get behind me, Satan. He doesn't mean Peter was Satan, but at that moment, he's, Jesus saw beyond his friend to see that what he was telling him to do, which was avoid the cross, that is serve the plan of the enemy. That is discernment. So as we grow and we learn, we learn that the enemy trying to work out his plan is always the devil, the same ancient enemy that we've been fighting. He has his own agenda and he will use your friends and my friends to make it happen. And so we have to stay conscious. But the growth part of it is learning how to set boundaries. So what I mean by this is just that, therefore, if your friend hurts you, it's not just the enemy who did it. They have to take responsibility for their own part in it, for their own heart that wasn't right. But what you have to do in response to that is set boundaries. I'm not talking about boundaries where you're just cutting people out of your life. I'm talking about setting boundaries like 
being able to clearly communicate what you're okay with and what you're not. If a friend talks to you or acts in a certain way that you don't like it, you can be able to talk to them about it and say, hey, by the way, I didn't like it when you said such and such or I didn't like it when you did such and such. That should not be something difficult to do in a healthy friendship. Number four, so after learning and growing from it, one of the big things that usually most people don't do is forgive. You know, as a woman, sometimes we we keep a lot in our hearts, right? You just find a little spot, you go put it there, and you don't deal with it. Next time that person does something, your little mind goes back to it. And we don't want that. That's not a healthy pattern. And so whether or not that friend asks for your forgiveness, as believers, we are commanded to forgive. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father also will forgive you. Forgiveness is always such a big topic because it's not a natural thing. Forgiveness is a supernatural thing to do. It takes God to be able to forgive. And so when we talk about forgiveness, just remember, you do it to honor God, even if that friend never said they're sorry. Forgiveness is also for you. Even on the cross, in Jesus' last moments, he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they're doing. So forgiveness releases you, the individual. Number five is choosing to repair or rebuild trust in that fractured friendship. Don't we all need a second chance? You know, if, if you messed up, you'd like a second chance too. And so even though that's hard, but, you know, sometimes people mess up. But if they're willing to work through the process of rebuilding that friendship, there's always that possibility for the friendship to be restored. This takes time. It's something that cannot be rushed. Again, you know, just being consistent and being vulnerable in that process allows trust to develop again. Because when somebody is genuinely sorry, they will usually will put in the work to match their words. So you put in the work that matches your words. You don't just say, I'm sorry, but your actions also show that you are. And it's not just something that is done in a manipulative way where you do it just for a few months to buy that person back over. No. If someone is really sorry, they'll be consistent in that choice. And over time, you can be able to look and say, yes, they've been themselves. They've been exactly who I needed them to be, and they've been consistent with it, not just doing it because they're trying to please you and make you forget the way that they hurt you. So not manipulative change, but rather a genuine change. And again, this takes time. It takes consistency, which are some of the things that we talked about were foundational in building fulfilling friendships. The last thing I want to touch on today is actually when is it okay to sever that friendship, to end a friendship? Sometimes friendships, they're not repairable. Have you ever had to let go of a friendship because maybe someone hurt you and they were indifferent or 
unapologetic about something they did. It's a tough spot to be in, and it should be done. However, don't gaslight a friend. If you don't just ghost a friend, if you really don't want to hang out with them, let them know. And I see this a lot. A lot of teenagers they will say, "Hey, so and so, just stop talking to me out of the blue." Ghosting is is cowardice. And as brave women, we have the duty to communicate our concerns in a friendship. And so, as I round up this episode today, I want us to consider one vintage point before we go. We've talked about pain, and I'm pretty sure that you've thought about maybe some areas in which you've been hurt or some friendships in which you had experienced pain. But what if it was actually you that caused your girlfriend, you know, your best girlfriend, the one with the big G? What if it was actually you that caused her pain? So I'll read to you a little excerpt from um, a woman who actually caused her best friend a lot of hurt. This is what she said. I just wish I would have grown up sooner. I'm so upset with myself knowing that one day she wouldn't meet my children. We wouldn't be at each other's weddings. I don't get to see her or talk to her anymore. I hate myself. I genuinely hate myself for this. I wish I could go back. And I know moving forward that I can do better, but this is a relationship I can never get back, all because I was being stupid. I hope she makes friends that treat her with kindness and respect and love. I hope one day I can be better and prove that I'm not immature anymore. And if she ever decides to take me back, I'll always be waiting. But I hate myself. Those are some really tough words to read. So this week, as I've been reflecting on my own life, of course, my first inclination was to look at the sour or the bitter patches that I've been through. God knows they're quite a bit. But you know, the Holy Spirit has a way of holding up the mirror so we can check ourselves. Remember, I don't want you to cheat this process. I don't want you to look at it in a one-sided manner. Examine yourself and ask this question. What kind of a friend or what kind of a best friend have you been? Have you been a genuine friend? Are there ways you could be better? Can your friends trust you? Do you hold in confidence what was said to you? Or do you gossip and slander? Do you speak negatively about your friends to others? And yet, for those same things, you wouldn't correct them to their faces. Are you struggling today with pain from a betrayal? Are you struggling with shame? Maybe from being the one who betrayed the trust of a friend. Are you seeking selfish ways? Even though you're in a friendship, are you always seeking your own selfish ways? Do you really care about how your actions impact your friends and the people around you? These are some tough questions, but the necessary questions for warrior women, for gladiators, women who are growing, 
making the necessary changes in their lives so they can be better and they can advance themselves. So examine your heart and make changes with the conviction that God brings to your heart. The good news is that building fulfilling friendships is something we can all do, but it starts with a choice. And if we've gone through some difficulty in our friendships, and then we know that being mature, taking that step to forgive, to forget, to let go, to release people, that's the only healthy way forward. And so let's pray. Father God in heaven, thank you for the gift of friendships. Lord, through friendships, we've had some amazing refreshments to our soul and our spirits have been awakened but also through friendships, a lot of pain has come into our lives and into the lives of your daughters. And so, God, I just pray that every sore spot on their hearts, Lord, that you will bring your healing today in the name of Jesus Christ. Pray that you will also convict our hearts. That way we can leave today after hearing this word, that we can leave this place and choose to rise and choose to do better with our friendships. Maybe even choose to apologize to that person we hurt. Maybe even choose to listen better. Choose to guard our tongues better. Choose to be kinder with our words. To give the time that is needed for our friendships to blossom. Thank you, Father, because we know that you're doing a healing work in the hearts of your daughters through this message today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. And so that was it for today. As we uh, leave, I just want to emphasize something else. Our WhatsApp Brave Women group is up and running. WhatsApp is just so much easier um, than Facebook to be able to manage everything. The link to that group is in today's episode's description. If you're not on it, you want to click and join because we have some amazing things coming up in the month of April. Thank you so much for listening. Go be brave. Go live like the gladiator that you are. Bye-bye.